0: Literacy. Is literacy important? Children who can't functionally read by nine years old face tough odds. 66% will end up in prison or on welfare. Teen pregnancy is six times more likely. At-risk students who can't read are 19 times more likely to drop out. 75% of all food stamp recipients are functionally illiterate. It's just the beginning. Every Sunday, over 50 million people attend church in America. And for over a decade, a growing movement of churches have been partnering with schools. And now, we are being called to something more. We are going to partner with schools to teach the children to read. Because any child who reads at grade level by nine years old has an 89% chance of graduating high school. Ending illiteracy changes lives and communities
1: forever. Come on up. So there's a lot of powerful statistics in that video. Um, Why don't you just share for a minute how this plays out for us? That was kind of nationwide, but here in Detroit, how does this play out for us? Yeah, good question. So imagine
2: a a third-grade classroom in Detroit, and the teacher of that class is responsible for teaching the students what any third grade teacher is. So you're starting to get into some fractions and some multi-digit addition, subtraction kind of stuff, some government functions, some arts. Uh, But in this classroom, only three students out of the 30 who are in the classroom can read at grade level. Three out of the 30, and uh, the other 27 obviously then are behind, and so if you take... Not that you were probably asking me to do more math and more statistics. There was plenty in there. Uh, But if you take that third grade classroom now where only three can read and you overlay like that, one of those statistics, for example, said uh, two thirds -thirds of students who can't read um, by the third grade will end up either on government assistance or in prison. Uh, That means that out of a Detroit classroom of 30 students, about 16 of them, statistically, will be on government assistance or in prison. And so it's a... Yeah, it's a bit of a, an ugly picture. Gratefully, I think you're going to ask me about some more fun stuff.
1: Yeah, so so what do we do? How do we, what's, what's the goal? What are we trying to do with this? Uh, the other part of that is I, I just think uh, it'd be good for everybody here. When we first started this program, I think we started doing the tutoring 13 years ago, 14 mm. years ago. It was always here, uh, but things have changed, and it's kind of a new landscape. So why don't you touch on that? and just So that's the, that's the hard side of this physics, but we have a chance to do something pretty unprecedented, why don't you share with that real quick? Yeah, sure. That's a much more fun question. Okay, so um,
2: yeah, it's exciting. We still are operating here after Grace where kids are coming after school. We've got a few other after school sites like that across the city, but more of what we're doing now is in Detroit Public Schools. Uh, We've got more sites like that, and all the new ones uh, that we've launched this year, plus we've got another one launching here in a couple weeks. Uh, Everywhere new we go, we're serving an entire grade of students in a school at one time. So, uh, cool. for example, yeah, just like at Marquette right here we're serving every single second grader who goes to Marquette. Um, at another school, Marcus Gard, we're serving every single third grader. At Fisher, another school close by, I'm giving you some of the east side schools that you might know, we're about to launch uh, in January with a hundred something uh, second graders. Every single one that goes there. And so what we are uh, believing in and looking forward to is to see those entire classes of students rise together. And what everybody's doing, uh, I shouldn't have started that way. I don't mean to throw everybody else under the bus, but for good reasons, what lots of people are doing is saying, how can we pick the lowest students and help them? How can we take the ones most struggling? And we're kind of taking a different approach and saying only 10% of the students can read at grade level anyway. It's fine for them to get some extra help. And so let's just serve everybody at once, not pull certain kids out of class, but do it in an organized, systematic way and serve entire grades and entire classrooms.
1: And that's what we're up to today. And the, pow- the powerful thing is, so we have basically the Detroit public school system who's just thrown the doors wide open and said, if you can find a partnership church, if you can get in, there, the doors are open for us, which is really phenomenal if you just think about it, that they would do that for us and that they would allow us to be there. Uh, so we have a great opportunity. There was uh, some stats that you showed me. Can we put that slide up on the screen? Uh, and I just want you to kind of explain these just a little bit in... Uh show what we're, what we're chasing after here.
2: Yeah, cool, so this is one of the schools that uh, we've launched in this year. We've only got to work with these students for I think it was like eight or nine weeks so far this year. But if you look at the chart on the left, uh, where it says September, um, that red area is students who are two or more grade levels behind. So 68%, more than two thirds of the class was two or more grade levels behind. And after just a couple months of our intervention, if you look at the one on the right, these are the December numbers. It's working, that's, isn't that cool? That's half as many students who are behind. And then in if you look at the weeks. green one, uh, only 10%, just like the national, or just like the statistic I gave you of Detroit, 10%, three out of 30 kids in a classroom could read at grade level, now that's more than doubled uh, on the right to the green one. That's awesome. And I think it's easy for me, especially as we try to look at this across the city to get caught up in the numbers. The numbers are what we're driving for, this is what we want to see turn green. Uh, But each of those represents a story, right? And so, I just heard a story this week of, uh, in one of these third grade classrooms at Marcus Garvey, a student who's one of nine uh, siblings to a single mom. Three out of the nine, including this student, have a cleft palate, uh, so there's just some extra challenges. And this is one of those students who is kind of always fighting, always misbehaving. Uh, That's still happening to some level. It's not like it's a total turnaround. Uh, But every time that student uh, our worker at that school, her name is Krista. Every time she gets there, the student's saying, when are you gonna get me out of class today excited? Who's gonna be my mentor today? No matter what her answer is, the, ch- the kid lets out a cheer. Uh, and that's probably a kid who's actually in the red and both charts still, uh, but just because he was so far behind at the beginning and has, has improved a bunch, probably still in the red. Uh, but this is the kind of, yeah, this is the kind of story that represents each of
1: those numbers. Yeah. It's awesome. So what are you excited about? We got a new year starting and uh, the doors are wide open. What do you feel like God is doing through SOAR? And then uh, share what you're excited about.
2: Yeah. So our plan is to launch nine new sites in Detroit Public Schools uh, this year in 2019. Um, After we do that, uh, we'll be serving 10% of, it seems like second grade really seems like the best intervention point as we learn been focused on first to third, but second seems to be the strike zone. So we'll be serving uh, 10% of all the second graders across Detroit, public, charter, anywhere. And uh, 10% doesn't feel like necessarily a huge number, but it's, it's, statistically it's a tipping point number. Um, and I believe that as we start to see numbers like this pop up at 10% of the students across the city, um, we start to be able to see the whole thing rise. And so nine new sites, that's gonna take, I think, probably about 30 new churches uh, based on what we're seeing and the way that church is involved. It's gonna take about a million dollars um, and it's gonna take continued favor with the school system and all
1: those things. Uh, but that's what we're that's looking awesome. for. So pray for Matt, pray for SOAR Detroit, pray for that little thing that started 13, 14 years ago and how God has used it. And uh, I'm gonna pray for you. Uh, right now we're gonna pray for SOAR, but I'm also gonna pray because... Rumor has it, you're going to be preaching in just a second. I will. Can I say one more thing? Of course. Well, I guess so. You got, you're going to have I got, the next
2: got the 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you so much to you guys um, because uh, obviously the the scope of what I just shared has grown beyond grace, and grace has become a part of what we're doing. Uh, but it's been you guys that have so launched us. For sure. And uh, a portion of what you're giving for impact will will fund maybe 5% of our budget. Next year, which is a huge deal for us, for me as I'm trying to raise money everywhere, so grateful for that. Plus, many of you individuals give uh, and volunteer, and you guys give us free office space here to operate out of. And so, what you guys have launched uh, is allowing all this to happen, so I just had to say thanks
1: while I'm here. You're welcome. Yeah. Lord, thanks for Matt, thanks for his family, thanks for the uh, impact that they have had on us. Thank you for the good work. Uh, that you've called him to, you. that he gets to do this, that he doesn't have to. Uh, right now, I just pray that you would bless him as he uh, brings us a message that is uh, near and dear to his heart. I pray that uh, it would just be seeds of truth that land in fertile soil. We just uh, pray that you would bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank Matt. Amen. Thanks, Doug.
2: So 14 years ago, from right now, this very moment, I was... Uh, on a New Year's adventure, and my friend DJ and I had decided we wanted to go somewhere fun for New Year's Eve. New York seemed a little bit far and out of the way for what we had going on, so we decided on New Orleans. Now, <laughs> parenthetically, that was a bad idea. I do not recommend ever going to New, uh, New Orleans for New Year's Eve, but I didn't know that at the time, and so I had met DJ in Nebraska, and we were driving to New Orleans uh, and driving through Oklahoma, Uh, in the morning, like I said, it may be right about now, um, 14 years ago from right now, and as we were driving, I saw uh, kind of one of those smaller pickups pulled over on the side of the road, a guy standing behind it, and we were not in a rush, and I guess maybe I got a little nudge or whatever, but I pulled over um, to see what was happening, and uh, I had AAA, so it was easy for me to call a tow truck and whatnot, but while we were waiting, I got to talking with this guy who was on the side of the road, and he said, Uh, that he had been out there on the side of a major interstate in Oklahoma for 14 hours. And most of that time standing behind his truck, kind of looking like he needed help, and no one had stopped. He said, I saw police officers go by, state police officers go by, all these people go by, and I've just been standing out here, you know, thanks for stopping. And uh, so the tow truck guy got there, and the tow truck guy, the first thing he says when he walks up is oh, hey man, I saw you standing out here on the side of the road last night. And I'm like, you drive a tow truck. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I think this is a bit of the world um, that we live in now. It's kind of easy not to stop and help, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I share that story this morning because it reminds me of a story that some of you guys uh, might know, be familiar with, others not, maybe so much, but in the Bible called The Story of the Good Samaritan. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that story this morning. Uh, In fact, we're gonna talk about two uh, passages from the Bible, both kind of on this topic of generosity, which I guess it says up here. But I just wanna give a little disclaimer before we dig into that, because I know that we just finished up an impact series. I know that you guys have been getting asked for money every week for five weeks in a row, not you guys, us guys together, uh, which is great. I'm excited about what you could do with that. But this morning is not kind of a continuation of that. I'm not gonna put the squeeze on you. Uh, it's gonna be a fun morning, and we're gonna get to talk about the fun side of generosity um, and celebrate that together. In fact, in the two scriptures that we're gonna look at, there's two commands, uh, and let's just look at those first, kinda get them out of the way so you're not waiting for, oh great, what's all this gonna go? Yeah, okay, well, good, we got them up here. So the first one is from the story of the Good Samaritan. We're gonna look at that in just a minute, but the command that Jesus gives after he tells this whole story is he says to the guy who's asking him about it, he says, go and do likewise. So actually, will you guys just say that one with me, go and do likewise? Go and do likewise. Thank you. So that's command number one, and doesn't feel too daunting, hopefully. Uh, And then the second one is from 2 Corinthians, which we'll get to a little later in the message. And there, Paul is writing a letter to a church, and he says this, each one should give as uh, they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And so that comes out of a whole passage of actually promises and fun, and the command that's buried in all of it is yeah, give what you've decided to give, but don't give reluctantly, don't give under compulsion. And so again, I just wanted to get those out of the way and say that's my heart for you this morning is not to, not to put the, the arm twist or the squeeze on, uh, but say it's gonna be fun and we're not gonna ask anybody to give, especially reluctantly or under compulsion. So with that said, um, let's jump to the story of the Good Samaritan and uh, I think the reference might pop up here, but the words aren't gonna be up here because we're just gonna breeze through it. I'm a little, if there's one thing I'm nervous about this morning, it's that I'm not gonna get you out here at the noon. No, just kidding. Uh, that <laughs> definitely won't happen, but I'm a little nervous that there's too much. So I'm gonna move quickly, and that's gonna be good. So in Luke 10, there's a lawyer who comes to Jesus, and he says, uh, what do I gotta do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what's the law? How do you read it? And this guy's a good Jew, and he knows the right answer, and he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, which is a pretty good guiding principle, maybe the guiding principle through the whole testament. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right, so do it. Um, And so he kind of turns him to action right away. You got the right answer, go ahead and do it. Uh, But the lawyer um, is maybe a little too lawyerly to just jump into action. And I shouldn't actually throw lawyers under the bus because I do the same thing. Uh, he decides to ask another question first. And um, actually, I was doing just this this morning. I was laying in bed and I knew I had to get up and get ready for this, but I just thought, I'll ask another question first. Should I go shower right away? Maybe I should go take care of my kids. Maybe I should prep for my sermon first. And so I just laid in bed for 10 more minutes and didn't do anything at all. Um, (laughs) And that, I think, is what the lawyer's trying to do here because that's easy for us to do. And so he's like, okay, great, but who's my neighbor? And so that's when Jesus tells this story uh, that has become a bit of a famous story of the Good Samaritan, it goes like this. So there's a guy who is uh, walking, he's on a journey, and some robbers catch him and rob him and beat him up and leave him in very bad shape on the side of the road. Um, And maybe I'll insert another parenthesis here. Uh, I think today that could look like somebody on the side of the road, like in my Oklahoma story. but it could look like a lot of things. So even, you know, Doug was asking me about the slides and the statistics and uh, you know, second graders in Detroit who are caught in a broken system in many ways have been beaten and left on the side of the road or all kinds of people around our wor- world in trafficking, uh, people who don't have enough to eat. So it's a broad story of, of what's there. But in any case, we've got this person that's, that's on the side of the road that's been robbed and now some people walk by And the first person to walk by, if we think of it in 2018 terms, uh, you might think is a good thing, it's a pastor. It's like, oh, good for this guy. Except that the pastor's a little preoccupied, maybe I know how this feels this morning, gotta get ready for the big important sermon or whatever, and uh, just crosses to the other side and walks right by and leaves the guy here beaten on the side of the road. Uh, The next person to come by maybe is another good shot, is a woman from church, volunteers a lot, Puts her arms up when she's singing the songs. You know, a real good Christian person uh, who unfortunately also passes right by. Maybe distracted on her cell phone. I don't want to hold it against her too much. Uh, but in any case, keeps walking. And then a third person comes by. And I had some ideas of how I might apply this, but decided not to accidentally offend anybody. Um, but you might just think in terms of the person that you think would be least likely to stop, right? So maybe think of a couple of your prejudices. maybe they're on the very opposite side of the political spectrum, uh, maybe they don't look much like you, uh, whatever it looks like, it's not, the, it's not the person who is sitting here with us in church, um, but some other person who decides to stop and help this person. And they kind of ruin their weekend plans, or I don't wanna say ruin, but they give up their weekend plans, they give up what they had planned, they spend some money, they take some time, they get dirty down and, and with this person and uh, help. And so Jesus, that's the story Jesus tells and he goes, well, so who do you think was the neighbor? And the um, lawyer can't quite bring himself to say, oh, it's the, you know, whatever he's thinking the bad person is, it was the Samaritan in the story, which was a very looked down on person. Uh, so he just says, I guess the one who helped, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says, that's right. Go and do likewise. So again, he turns them to action. So can we say that together one more time? Go and do likewise. Thank you. And so that is the invitation that Jesus has for us. Uh, Pastor Doug says sometimes um, God's work in our lives always start with an invitation. And here's Jesus' invitation for this lawyer and for us this morning to go and do likewise. So I told you one story where I actually did pull over and stop. Uh, it definitely doesn't always go like that. And so another story that comes to mind for me is I was in Orlando, Florida, where I lived for most of the last 10 years, and I was uh, in a grocery store, and getting ready kind of you know, second or third in line to pay for my groceries, and I saw a woman in the next line over with a belt, uh, conveyor belt thing full of groceries, and God gave me that little nudge that said, buy her groceries. Uh, But I thought it would feel awkward, and so I distracted myself for a minute, and I don't know, looked at my phone, I don't remember exactly what I did, but delayed, and the next thing I know, she was gone, and on her way, having bought her own groceries. Uh, And I totally feel as though I've been forgiven for that, it's not like 10 years later I'm still living in shame, or whatever, Uh, but I missed an opportunity to be part of that invitation. I missed the opportunity to go and do likewise, and I don't know what that opportunity was. Maybe God wanted to show that woman that he loved her, or maybe she was gonna be my next mentor. I mean, I have no idea what what the opportunity was that Jesus had uh, invited me into, but I know I missed it, and I was sad to miss the opportunity. I'm still a little sad to miss the opportunity because I don't know what happened. Um, But then another story, I hope you guys don't mind a couple stories, do you? Uh, Another story, is I was in Atlanta, I used to travel a whole lot um, for work a couple times a week and often through Atlanta and so this was not an uncommon situation to be at a gate counter in Atlanta and also not uncommon I was trying to get home early cause when you're gone all the time it's really nice to get home early. And so uh, the gate agent was able to make something happen that probably shouldn't have happened but somehow she got me on an earlier flight and I was feeling very grateful and my Holy Spirit antenna was in a little bit better condition than it had been uh, in the line at the grocery store. And I felt like I wanted to give her 20 bucks to say thanks. And so I slid the $20 bill uh, across the counter as a tip to someone who doesn't often get tipped. And she just kind of looked at me for a minute and then got her t- a tear in her eye. And she said this. She said, look, I've got a good job. I work here. I, I make plenty of money. Uh, but... I was in a rush this morning when I was leaving my house and I forgot my purse at home. And uh, my car is out of gas and I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure how I'm gonna eat lunch or get home today. And now you just gave me a 20 bucks and I can eat lunch and I can get home. And, um, and so it's kind of fun, right? So again, God is, gave an invitation that said, I want you to step into something with somebody uh, and, and respond, and that's what I got to do. Um, so I think that we get assignments. I think that's what this whole go and do likewise thing means, that God gives us assignments to be part of things in people's lives, uh, with money, not with money. We're kinda of talking about money uh, this morning as part of it, but in any way, and, and we, get to, we get to be part of them. Sometimes they're cheap, sometimes they're expensive, uh, sometimes they're for total strangers, sometimes they're for people we know really well, Uh, sometimes they're for people who are poorer than us, sometimes God wants to use us to bless somebody who's richer than us. I mean, it could be anywhere across any of those spectrums, uh, but he gives us assignments. And we get to be on a mission in that. All right, so we're gonna keep moving quickly and look at our next passage in 2 Corinthians. Um, And again, I'm just gonna breeze through part of it and uh, yeah, because there's more fun stuff to do. Um, So, uh, in this passage, I think I said this already, but Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. That's the letter. That's why it's called 2 Corinthians. It's a letter that he wrote to a church there. And um, he is uh, talking about generosity to a church. He's trying to encourage them to be generous. But what he doesn't do is, again, put the squeeze on them. Uh, he's actually writing because of what he wants for them, not what he wants from them. It's not about, hey, I'm writing about this chance to be generous because I want your money. uh, It's actually, I'm writing about this chance to be generous because I want you to be able to experience that generosity and to thrive in that. And so first he says, um, again, the passage might be up there. Yeah, not so much the verses, but you can, I'd love for you to write it down and go back and read it. Paul definitely says it better than I do. Uh, Just moving quickly. So first he says, um, he says, those of you who so generously will uh, reap generously, those of you who spoke so sparingly will reap sparingly it 's not like a televangelist kind of put fifty bucks in your Bible overnight and then mail it in. Uh, but it is when we give um, there 's a lot that we get to receive, and sometimes that 's financial stuff we receive back, but sometimes it 's getting to see the fruit in other people 's lives, right like the twenty bucks at the airport it 's not like God then rained $20 bills back on top of me. It's like I got to sit there and go, I get to be part of this cool story, and how cool is that? So uh, Paul is saying, let's, let's be generous, and, and then we'll also get to receive uh, generously. And then we get to that command that we saw a minute ago we started with, and he says, each of you should give as he has decided his heart to give, but not reluctantly or under compulsion. So there's kind of two halves to that, right? The first is, yeah, when you decided to give something, give something. So when I'm standing in the line at the grocery store and God says, pay for that lady's groceries, my heart has decided to give it, I should do it, right? That's part of what Paul is encouraging us to do. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, Or if in the impact campaign, uh, you felt like, you know, oh yeah, I should give a thousand bucks this thing, but then Christmas shopping happened and then you got scared and worried about what happens next and you gave a couple hundred bucks instead, let's go back and say, yeah, I wanna give what God has given me in my heart, what I've decided in my heart to give but not reluctantly or under compulsion, right? It's not like, man, I really feel like I gotta do this. Uh, It's a real drag. No, I wanna wanna let you guys off the hook of all of that. When you're feeling like, what's Matt gonna ask me for? What's Doug gonna ask me for? There's not anything we're about to ask you for. Uh, But whatever it is, you don't wanna do it, great. Don't do it. Um, God doesn't, uh, I would say what doesn't want your money. Um, I'll certainly say he doesn't need your money. He made everything. Do you guys remember there's a story, this is not in my notes, but I'll give it in 20 seconds, where uh, somebody needs to pay some taxes and Jesus actually sends his disciples to catch a fish and they catch the fish and take a coin out of the fish's mouth. I mean, he can create money however he likes. Uh, He doesn't need our money, but he wants our hearts. And our hearts and our money are actually inseparable. So if you... uh, aren't giving any money away, then God probably doesn't have your heart, um, actually. And yet, as we give uh, our hearts and our treasure, hearts and our money go together. And so that's what um, is happening here. And then there's this cool line in this passage that says God loves a cheerful giver. And this isn't the basis of all our theology, so we know God, beyond loving a cheerful giver, loves all of us. Uh, He loves all of us a lot, whether we're giving or not. Um, And yet, there's this special kind of little fun thing that God loves a cheerful giver, and so we get to be excited about our giving. Um, And then the next several verses, uh, I think we can get it, can we get a slide up, guys, for this next part? They actually, about four or five verses, say something uh, very similar. Um, And so, God uh, gives to us, keep talking, there we go, perfect. Um, And uh, I'll just actually read this verse, verse 11. Um, So, It says, you will be made rich. You will be enriched in every way. And so God is giving to us uh, extravagantly and in every way. So it doesn't just mean you'll be getting a lot of money. It means you'll be made rich in every way. It actually talks about you'll receive righteousness and you'll receive grace and you'll receive all these great things that God gives far beyond money. So you'll be rich in every way, next part, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And so it's not as if God gives us things just so that we can have happier lives and continue to increase our lifestyle and buy more and do more, he actually gives us will be made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And so our giving, when we get to give to somebody else, whether it be an organization that you care about, whether it is your neighbor, your literal neighbor, uh, or any kind of neighbor in Jesus' story, doesn't just end with something horizontal that's happening between us and somebody else, but actually our giving produces thanksgiving to God And uh, that's verse 11 and verse 12, 13: 14. All um, do some of the, say the same kind of things in several ways. So because of this service, people will glorify God. Our giving gets to help um, with all of these other pieces. And I've got, uh, if you can go to the next slide, an example of that. So God gives Caleb a Christmas bonus. Anybody get a Christmas bonus? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not, you know <laughs> taking notes on that. Uh, and then Caleb has the chance to use that Christmas bonus to help Joe with his electricity bill because it's been a cold month. It hasn't been that cold. Let's pretend it has, and uh, Joe needs a little help, and Caleb gets to, gets to help him out that way, and then Joe, therefore, responds with, thank you, Jesus, and so all of this virtuous cycle is happening. Um, in fact, one verse, uh, verse 14 says, and in their, pra- in their hearts their prayers will go out to you. So there's even like a bonus line that's not on the chart coming back this way that Joe not only is saying thank you Jesus but is now further praying for Caleb and Caleb gets this benefit of picking up these extra prayers and it's all kind of a very fun virtuous cycle. And part of why I wanted to, to show that is to, to point out that it's not drudgery, right? Nobody in here, Caleb in the story isn't, I don't think, certainly it hasn't typically been my experience that I'm like, oh man, my Christmas bonus is gone but it's like, no, we get to be part of, of something really amazing that's happening. Okay, I've talked long enough for the moment because I think what I would like uh, to invite us to do is to practice some of this, which we're gonna do in two ways, and it might make some of you a little nervous, uh, but I'm okay with that. So um, hopefully you're okay with that. So if you have been Here's what I'm gonna do first. We're gonna do two separate things. The first thing, I'm gonna need 25 volunteers for. And uh, you, it's a a big assignment that I'm gonna give you. I want you to be ready for that in some ways, but I'm confident that anybody can do it. I saw, did I see a couple hands go up already? All right, come on up. Come on up, that's great. Let's see uh, who is feeling moved to come on up and be part of this, come on up. Let's see, we'll go. This is great. I thought it might be hard. So we'll just say first 25. It looks like we got about 10 or 12 so far, including lots of young ones. So we're mosaic, so a little older. A few of you are a little older, might wanna come up. Some of these kids' parents, grandparents. All right, slow down, slow down. What do we got? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 23, 24, I think that's about it. Right. Hold on, hold on, we might need we one more. We might need one more, yeah, come stand in a line. In a line. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, come on, brother, 25. All right, so Doug and my beautiful wife Loretta, everyone please clap for my beautiful wife Loretta are handing out some envelopes. Don't open these envelopes, guys. They're your special assignments. They're gonna be a scavenger hunt throughout the church. They're not, not really. Okay, but they are your special assignments, so everybody get an
1: envelope. Don't open them yet. Hopefully we counted right.
2: Okay. You guys can go ahead and open your envelopes, and what you're gonna find in there is a nice, brand new, crispy, $100 bill. Okay, but before you start thinking about what you're gonna spend it on, there's an assignment to go with it, remember, and it's actually a three-step assignment. I think, did we make a slide for this too? I think we did, uh, so we can put it up there and I'll tell you guys, you, don't have to, you can turn around and look if you want, but there's these three steps. So step number one is to ask God what he wants for you to do with this money. By the way, if some of you guys are feeling a little left out, some of you might have 100 bucks in your wallet or a savings account or a 401k, all of the above is God's money as well, like this is, so you can get in on the action. Uh, take it out of the bank later. But for those of you guys who have it, the assignment is this, ask God what he wants you to do with this money, his money, that he's entrusted to you. Listen and keep listening and then do what he says and step in to that invitation uh, to go and do likewise. Clear enough? You guys are gonna ask God what he wants you to do with that? Now, Doug's gonna say something.
1: So just, uh, we didn't know how this would all go, but I wanna add add an instruction. If you are a youngster, would you do this with your parents? So just work this out, you guys pray together. Parents, would you just allow them to have some say in this? But it's a great opportunity for you guys to do something together, but I would just suggest that you think this as a family, work this out. So I just, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Right. I, I'm fully in support of those additional instructions. Thank you. Um,
2: so guys, I don't know what is going to come of this. It could be that you walk outside here and you see a traffic accident and somebody's the hundred bucks right away. It could be that God gets you to dreaming and some of this money might multiply. Some, you might have some friends who go, I want in on that. Here's my hundred, here's my hundred, here's my hundred. Before you know, you got a thousand bucks or 5,000 bucks to know what it is to do with. And that could be a strategic gift to an organization. That could be some new cars who are purchased for people. It could be a lot of electricity bills who are paid for. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I believe that God has invited us into something special where we're gonna get to be up close with people, uh, be up close with people who have been left on the side of the road, and we get the chance to help them. So clear enough, by the way, Sometime maybe in March, a couple months down the road, we're going to get the chance to hear some of these stories. So. You guys didn't know what you are volunteering for, so part of what you're volunteering for is to, to help share us a story. Let us in on what's happening. Uh, but that's that. So there's still one more fun thing to do, so you guys can all have your seats. Thank you. We're excited. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Now, if I can actually ask the ushers to come back forward, because I'm feeling very fired up. Um, We're gonna have an offering. This is the second thing, but this is gonna be a little bit of a different kind of offering in a couple ways. The first way it's gonna be different is we're gonna ask for 100% participation. So it's a little weird, but don't take the neighbor, don't take the plate from your neighbor till they've participated. But before that makes you even really, really nervous. It's also gonna be different because you're gonna be taking something out of the offering plate instead of putting something in the offering plate. And so Doug is walking around right now and handing these ushers some packs, some fresh packs of $2 bills, because those are kind of fun. And uh, believe it or not, they still make some of these. Beyond a uh, common belief. These are from 2013. They made these ones. Uh, so anyway, you guys are going to, as soon as, as soon as Doug's ready, you guys can start passing those plates. But everybody has to participate because I just love the picture of taking something out of the offering plate. Uh, Not that I've ever done it before. Um, No, I haven't. But so stick your hand in the offering plate. You guys can start to go ahead and pass whenever you're ready. Uh, And stick your hand in the offering plate and take out a $2 bill. Okay, so you guys have um, the same assignment as those others. Uh, I just... We didn't have enough money to give everybody hundreds or else that would have been even more fun. Um, but it's the same assignment, which is back up, which I love. Ask God what he wants you to do with it. Listen and keep listening and do what he asks you to do. Now, by the way, I've got a good friend who uh, keeps a $2 bill in his wallet all the time. It's kind of atypical and it's a reminder that it's all God's money. And so some of you might actually give this $2 bill away Uh, It's okay to not do that. Uh, Y'all don't have to report back your stories or report the way you gave it away. You might just wanna keep it in your wallet as a reminder that every other bill in there is his as well. That every other bill in there is uh, for responding to those on the side of the road. So maybe I'll close. Uh, I'll ask you to, let's do this. Let's be quiet for three minutes Listen to Caleb playing the piano. Caleb, the star of Silent Night. How many of you guys heard Caleb sing Silent Night? At our Christmas thing. Amazing, he and his siblings. Caleb's going to play for a couple minutes. And uh, I would just like for, I love the photos being taken. Photos of $2 bills, $100 bills. I can see all that from up here. Um, We'll just take like three minutes to let the ushers get a little further back to start this process. So ask God, who is it? Who is it that you've put on my heart that's left on the side of the road? And what do you want me to do to help? $2 $2 bills. If you're running out, just wave at Doug. We'll get you some more in those baskets. some of you. God, I pray you would speak over us as we listen. What is it you want us to do? Who is it you want to use us to bless? Okay, while the money's still moving, I want to close this one final story because I want you guys to be able to get home or get out of here and give this money away, whatever that looks like. No rush. Lots of time for listening. Lots of weeks of listening if you need it. Uh, But one last story. I got to give a big disclaimer before the story. My behavior in it is obnoxious. So will you all give me some grace? It was a long time ago, it was at least 10 years ago, I don't condone it, anyway. Okay, so I went to Chili's, uh, the restaurant. I'm not like the biggest Chili's fan ever, but I love their chips and salsa. Who can picture a Chili's chip, right? Extra thin and crispy, nice and salty, super crispy. I mean, they're great chips. So uh, on this particular story, this is the obnoxious part. Um, I and three friends went, four of us went together to Chili's and uh, sat in the section of the restaurant at the time of day, I don't remember all the details, where one can get unlimited or bottomless chips and salsa. Right, you go and you eat all the chips and salsa you want. Of course, the intention of such an offer is for those who are then gonna spend $20 on meals, uh, which we did not do. So all four of us ordered a chips and salsa, one of us ordered a lemonade, the other three got water, and so we sat there for probably an hour, eating basket after basket after basket of chips and salsa, which were very thin and crunchy and delicious. And when our bill came at the end of the day, it was for like $3 or $2 and something cents. And you know, of course on basket like four, the waiter started to get the idea like, are you guys gonna order yet? Okay, I guess you're not ordering. And uh, was surely very annoyed. Um, Understandably so. Again, this is a long time ago. I was obnoxious, I get it. Uh, But we, I asked my friends who I was with, a couple of them were younger, kind of like some of these younger folks who are up here today. And I'm like, hey, what kind of tip should we leave this guy? And somebody's like, 20 bucks. And I was like, great, we'll leave him 20 bucks. I wish it was 50 for the story that I've now told a couple times. Uh, but it was 20 bucks. And so we leave, you know, $3 for the actual bill and a 20 in the thing. And we leave and it was nighttime. So you know how it is when you're outside in the dark and you're looking into a lit up building. It's like watching a television, right? All the lights on in the restaurant. And so as we watch, uh, the waiter, you know, comes over, perhaps like you might expect him to like these idiots, you know, whatever. And, um, picks up the folder and opens it up and his whole posture, right? I'm sure he had very low expectations. Um, probably, you know, whatever, a buck or whatever, uh, opens the folder, and he like, his whole posture changes. He jumps up, and he's excited, and he actually goes around the store and starts showing the other waiters and waitresses, like, these idiots who only ordered a lemonade uh, just gave me like a 600, 700% tip. Um, And we're all sitting in the car and just, you know, laughing hysterically, smiling. Like, this is a blast watching this guy, watching our, our poor behavior, but then little bit of generosity and uh, cheer this guy up and make his day. And so I share that story with us as we leave, because I think that's what we're walking into for the next couple months. As you guys steward uh, these $2 bills, as 25 of you steward some bigger bills, uh, it's going to be that kind of fun. We're going to get to participate in and then watch Watch through the window of the chilies, but watch into all kinds of other situations and scenarios, uh, and smile and laugh, and it's gonna be fun. So don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't feel like you're leaving here heavy-hearted, I pray, uh, but rather with a chance to go to church and get some money instead of give some money, and have the chance to go and be part of it. So how about we'll pray, uh, maybe before we do that, say with me one last time what Jesus said, go and do likewise. And uh, let's say that all together because that's what I'm inviting, that's what Jesus is inviting us into today. So let's say it all together. All right, thanks. I'll pray for us and I think Doug will send us away. Uh, Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the chance to have some fun, getting some money away, giving some money away and step one. And we look forward to step two as each person in this room gets to steward that. I pray for this four-ish thousand dollars uh, that is has gone out, that's your money, but just like all of our money is anyway. And uh, I thank you for the people uh, around our city, around our world, uh, who are going to get to be blessed by it. And so Lord, we know that you care about each person, all different genres of people who have been beaten and left by the side of the road. And you're inviting us to go and do likewise, which is going to be very fun for us as well, I think, and hope. And uh, so I pray for each each of these folks with the $2 bills, with the $100 bills, uh, Lord, that you would lead us and that this would be um, fun and uh, that it would even set a pattern of us listening, obeying, and helping. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Let's thank Matt. Let's nice So if you... Uh, I had a couple invitations for you. If there's any leftover twos, if you want to just bring them down here and you didn't get one, just come down and see us afterwards and we'll make sure you get one. Uh, we have a group of people who are going to be meeting in the chapel uh, to pray for our sweet, dear friend Jake, who is uh, here with us, but he is uh, battling a brain tumor. And we're just gonna gather in there and pray uh, for him and pray together uh, that God would continue to do great things uh, for Jake. So that's what the Team Jake shirts are all about. But if you wanna meet in the chapel afterwards, we have a group of people that are down here that would love to pray for you. We believe that God is still moving in powerful ways that he wants to bring healing, both physically and emotionally. So if you're struggling, maybe even as you're going into the new year, just struggling emotionally with, uh, some of what's going on, we just encourage you to come down and allow our gifted prayer team to pray with you and for you. So go and do likewise. Have fun with those $2 bills. I do want to just let you know uh, a couple of donors uh, gave all the money for us to do this, uh, which we can just thank them, even though you don't know who they are. Uh, That's great. God bless you. Have a great Sunday afternoon.